0: Are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony, and welcome to another episode of Last Week in Health IT. And this is for Thursday, May 27th, 2021. I know it's been a while since I've done one of these, and you know that's because I've been super, super busy with everything, but uh, we are doing that today, and uh, we have a bunch of news items I want to talk about. And so let's just get right into it. First thing I want to talk about is that big thing that you probably heard already. It's about Scripps and how they got the uh, the ransomware attack. So the CEO has actually come out to say that Scripps was attacked by ransomware. And if you haven't heard, this was actually detected on May 1st. And so their entire health system, their electronic health record was down. It was down for the last almost a month now. So Finally, the CEO of Engorder, he did say that Scripps will be having some of its electronic health record back online in the later part of the week. And uh, this is some progress in, you know, this last four weeks of just craziness over there. But he did also say that the EHR still remains partially down. So they're going to be slowly going back up, but it's still going to be one of those things where they're going to be monitoring and then seeing like what other work needs to be done. And they didn't have a lot more details except that, you know, this kind of attack was... Uh, basically those emails that you kind of see the phishing scams where it was just scam communication sent to their org and uh, it involved some ransomware. They reported it to the federal law enforcement and uh, there's also continued investigation as well. So their IT teams and they also have some other outside consultants, uh, what he's saying is that they're working around the clock to try to figure out how to restore the system safely. All right, the next news I'm going to talk about is Community Health. They added 3.1 million dollars to their annual revenue with patient engagement technology. So just summary, I guess, is that they really had like three engagement problems. One is lack of automation. The other one is a lack of a personal or disease specific communication. And then also the last thing was tremendous variation due to point solutions. So what they ended up doing was they got an enterprise type of vendor, like a fully comprehensive vendor to help solve these problems. So what the vendor did, the vendor was Cypher Health. They kind of helped with standardization of the care. So for example, a nurse leader rounding, they had a standard digital tool that the nurse leaders would use to round on patients, ask uniform questions, standardized questions, and then have consistent follow-up and uh, looking at the opportunities of follow-up and also capturing like patient satisfaction and engagement. So it was more of like a real-time way to kind of get the voice of the customer. They did similar things with also the patient appointment reminders. So patients would get automated text messages or calls based on the preferences for uh, five days or two days before their appointment to kind of just like remind them oh do you need to go to the apartment still or do you want to cancel it Uh, so it also reduced the amount of no-shows that they had so having this automated system also allows them to reduce the amount of staff that they need on calling patients and then also they they had the system in place where it would also capture the post-discharge so after a patient is discharged from the hospital or the uh, ed there's actually calls to ask about their status see if they have any like other needs to uh to come back to the hospital or see other clinic visits and things like that, um, and other kind of follow-up services. And you can imagine that these are kind of like, it could be generic, but then the way that this vendor is working on it is that they were able to make sure that the things that are being asked and then the forms that are being used were disease-specific, and then the standard questions would be automated, but then when it got to the specific part, the patient will manually be called and then discussed with by some kind of staff. So this allowed a better like uh, person-to-person connection, and it was also faster and easier to get to an issue resolution. Next thing I wanna talk about is HCA, which is a Hospital Corporation of America. They actually now entered a new partnership with Google Cloud, which is kind of interesting. So Google Cloud is heavily focused on analytics. There's a lot of analytics-driven processes. So HCA Healthcare, they're partnering so that they can have better clinical decision support And basically have their decisions kind of be informed by those analytics. And this is just one of the big things that HCA is doing. I mean, earlier the year, they also had the data consortium with AHRQ. So this is just one of those other things that they're trying to add on in order to have a heavier data and analytics effort. In addition, on the Google side, they're going to probably be um, benefiting from this as well because they get to innovate their AI-powered analytics and see how it works. And then also using the tools in the healthcare setting. And speaking of AI, AI and imaging, now that's also exploding. If you kind of look at the the recent years, uh, there's been like about 60 new FDA approvals for these type of products in uh, imaging that uses artificial intelligence and machine learning. And basically the AI is used to uh, analyze the medical imaging data. But the big challenges with that, uh, that's been stated by Elad Benjamin, who is the general manager of uh, radiology and AI informatics at Philips. He stated that there are going to be uh, three business models being pursued, which is triage, population health and decision support. But the challenge is not necessarily just the gathering of data, but also like the diversity of the information is critical and it's really difficult to achieve. It's because there's just so much information out there. It would also need like professional perspectives. Like when you think of typical AI, like you see on Google, like with the captcha and stuff like that, I'll click on all these images that have trees. You can tell from AI, like being used in regular pictures, like what things are trees, what things are cars, things like that. But when you're looking at imaging, like for radiology, like x-rays, CTs, MRIs, you're going to have to consult a lot of professional expertise to determine like is this actually a potential tumor? Is this like a a disc degeneration? Like what are the hallmarks of those kind of things? So it becomes very uh, important to have that kind of feedback and monitoring to make sure that those AI tools are going to be accurate and then behaving correctly in the real world. So even though AI and imaging is exploding pretty quickly, there's going to be those kind of challenges that are still faced. And then the last thing I want to talk about is telemedicine uh, in the Philippines. And telemedicine providers report that there's a high teleconsultation uptake in the Philippines. I mean, it's not really surprising because most people are taking up telemedicine ever since the COVID pandemic. But this is more like a specific report coming from the Philippines. So this report came from telemedicine provider Medgate. Medgate. And they had a 170% increase. And this was after they partnered with the Philippines Department of Health and National Privacy Commission so that they would actually offer free telemedicine services to kind of help with like reducing the hospital occupancy and preventing the spread of COVID-19. And they, you know, since they started this, it's been like 70,000 different consultation services across the country. So this is just like, you know, reemphasizing that telemedicine is probably here to stay. And it's kind of changed the way that we provided care to the general public. But, um, you know, it's not like to replace care. It's more like to augment the care. So now we have another option on getting care to those in like the the hard to reach areas or to prevent people from uh, coming to an area that might be an active site for like a pandemic. So uh, reducing the the spread of the disease. Before we end this episode, I wanted to remind you guys, if you're interested in hearing more about some of these uh, news items about the healthcare technology, Check out Healthcare IT News. That's where I go all the time to like read up on the news. And sometimes I also check out Becker's Health. So Becker's Health also has a section just for healthcare IT. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is and tcom There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening. and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool.